Good morning, church, online church. So good to see you. Hey, uh, would you pray with me and we'll dive in? Lord God, thank you for the beginning of our Advent season. Thank you for Christmas. And God, we just pray that as you uh, bring back this familiar text, that you would bring some new insight to us, that you'd open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, that we would engage you in new and powerful ways. And so, Spirit, would you speak now um, through the declaration of your word? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, hey, welcome to week one of Advent at Bethany this year. Uh, we're in a series called Becoming Human, and our title today is called Becoming Human Like Mary. Um, what we're going to be doing over the Advent season is looking at this theme of becoming human, which is informed by a text called Honest Advent by an author, Scott Erickson. Scott Erickson is actually coming to Bethany uh, today to our Green Lake location, and that message will be uh, online this week. I'd love for you online folks to listen to it. I'm quite excited to hear what he has to say myself, and and the text has been super impactful for, for our teaching team as we've been studying uh, what does God want to say to our community this Advent season. What I plan to do here in the little bit of time we have is just to ask some questions about what the Advent season might look like for you in your own discipleship journey, how you plan or hope to see Christ moving in your life this Christmas season. And the point of the message would be that uh, this season, uh, honestly, having an honest Advent, that you might have a deep sense of the power of God in your life that God might be preparing um, to break into your life in new and unexpected ways, that you might be prepared for what God wants to do next into the next year um, by how he leads you personally uh, through this Advent season. And I don't know about you, but for me, uh, honestly, sometimes Advent can be hard to connect with Christ in powerful and personal ways. And I am almost embarrassed to say that as a pastor. It's like, what? No, no, it's, it's Christmas. It's Advent. There's candles. There's, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. Like this should be the greatest time of the year to connect with Christ. But I'm just being vulnerable with you. At times, um, it's difficult for me to connect with Christ during this season. Connect with my family, certainly. Family traditions and, you know, habits and, you know, all the things, all those things being really special. Personally, it's, you know, Easter season, like from Palm Sunday uh, to, to Easter Sunday and the, the triumph of resurrection. I just, ah, oh, and, you know, filling the church pews and being able to declare Christ is risen. Like, that's really easy for me to, to worship Christ in. Certain other seasons, like in the summer, like going camping or fishing, watching the sun come up, like, oh, wow, God, you're so big and you're so powerful. Um, in the winter, getting up into the mountains and seeing snowfall and being reminded of some of the prophetic words that came through Isaiah about like God's power through nature. And I mean, all those times for me, but sometimes during Christmas, it's the busyness or it's all of the family things going on, or sometimes there's, you know, the family conflict things we're navigating, or the busyness in the church. Even. I mean, at times I'm like, Jesus, where are you personally for me in the season? It's been challenging. So that's where we come to the text today with Mary, because as we look at, at becoming human like Mary, there's an opportunity for us not to say like, oh, I'm a bad Christian because I'm busy or I'm worried about debt this season. Or I'm worried about my family of origin or, you know, it's, it's 
We're not over COVID yet. You're like, no, no, we don't have to be ashamed of those things. We get to bring those things to Christ. And in our humanity, we want to declare over these weeks ahead and looking through the different characters in the Luke gospel, as we look at this theme of becoming human, that there is an opportunity that if we look today like like the lens of Mary, that there's an opportunity in our humanity to see God moving in new and powerful ways. And so that's our hope, that these sacred days of December don't just feel like, okay, there's a lot of family traditions or there's you know work parties or there's family events. Like We want you as our community to enc- encounter Christ uniquely in this season, that this year might be a little bit different that the Holy Spirit would make us alive this Advent season, um, that our faith would rise in us and in our church. And how we plan to do that is this look through the honest Advent uh, book uh, and becoming human. And I want to just say that, you know, for me, as I read these, these scriptures again to prepare to teach you, as Raul just read, that I know that we've become comfortable uh, in these texts, but God at times wants to make us uncomfortable. That in our vulnerability, even in our honesty, we can say that in these texts that we've encountered before, that there is new ground fertile for transformation. That we would declare that right now in the midst of this Advent story, that God wants to encounter us in new and profound ways. And how we're going to do that is we're going to look through the story of, uh, of Mary, and we're going to just ask three questions for you as a community. Let me ask you the first one. How is Mary a model of an honest advent? How is Mary a model of an honest advent? And how might this impact you this season? So Raul just read this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel um, Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? We're gonna just pause there. How can this be? Next week, we're going to talk about Zechariah and some of his doubt framed in his question when the angel spoke to him. But for Mary, she asked this question, not, not veiled from her confusion, not, you know, not trying to hide like, okay, God, it's perfect. It's good. You're coming to a virgin in an un, you know, kind of backwater town in Israel. We're not in Jerusalem. We're in Nazareth. Like, okay, God, I, she, doesn't, she doesn't hide from her humanity. She, she sees her questions as a gateway for God's power to be declared. And in this way, she, she kind of becomes emblematic for us that in this, you know, kind of look at honest advent, that it's her honesty and her vulnerability that becomes the gateway for godly encounter. And I just, I couldn't love that declaration more, that when we're honest and vulnerable with Christ, that we have a gateway for a godly encounter in our lives. We don't have to hide from our questions. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to be shameful about things that feel distracting to the power of God being declared during the Advent season. We can bring that to Christ. And so just to start with, I want to kind of look at in the text of where Mary models this kind of honest humanity. Like where's Mary's humanity in Luke 1? And you can do this yourself this week. If you're reading along with us, Luke 1, kind of look, where is she inviting us to engage our own humanity? Mary was engaged 
She was a virgin. She was alone when the angel shows up to her. Mary was declared favored. It's God's declaration over her, which announces her new position. And she was given the promise of the Lord's presence. And, And it says that she was troubled by that. And that was okay. She was honest with that. And she wondered what it meant. And then Mary was given again this promise, don't be afraid, you're favored. And and then she's told about Jesus, like through the pregnancy, that he'll be not just, you know, an immaculate conception. He will be great. He will be the son of the most high. He, He would be given God's throne and that he would reign over all of Israel and all of Jacob's descendants. Mary was told through, again, this declaration of the angel that Jesus' kingdom would never end. And then she asked that question, how can this be? See, when we engage God from a position of honesty, God always encounters us with a sense of compassion. And there's a meeting us in our confusion that God always longs to fill with his presence. When we say, God, I don't know what you're doing here. God wants to bring his presence to bear, to to bring clarity. God doesn't dwell in confusion. Remember in the creation narrative from Genesis 1, that God brings order to the chaotic. He brings presence to the lonely. He brings hope to people that feel hopeless. And so when Mary is like greatly surprised and she turns to the angel in this perspective of wonder, then God's like, oh, there's a gateway for you to be used. She, she models how um, she's been favored. And for some of us, like, well, I don't have that story. God hasn't given me that declaration. But that's the amazing thing about Advent is that all of us are grafted into the story. Where we, we declare that God did a unique thing through Mary, but though we don't get to bear the baby Jesus, we've been given the presence of Christ. And in that way, we, we almost become like part of the lineage, part of the story. We're invited in that each and every one of us gets this declared into us. We are favored. Christ has been given to us. We don't have to be afraid. And it's okay to say, how might this be? Because for Mary, though she sees the limitations, and certainly we can have compassion, what it would like to be a, a, this you know, young woman in a Jewish culture betrothed to a man, living with her family, like, oh, she's probably just mindful of all the shame and all of the stories and all of the allegations, and still she has the audacity to trust that God would use her honesty and her vulnerability as this gateway for a godly encounter. That God would collide with her in the messiness and in the uncertainty, and certainly in the trouble of what lies ahead, she knew she'd been encountered, and she wanted to say yes to that. There's a quote from the book Honest Advent that I just want to share with you because it's so beautiful. And the the writer, Scott Erickson, he's, he's trying to be a little gritty here. So there's kind of a gritty aspect, but stay with me. He says this in Honest Advent. He says, could it be that the doorway to experiencing God with us this Advent is the particular vulnerability we find ourselves facing? Whether it's in health, heart, or home, our lives will always have a particular vulnerability to them. From butt wiping to butt wiping, from the beginning to the end, May we not see this vulnerability as the place of failure because of our inability to overcome it, but as the very invitation to partner with the mighty God through it. 
May your present stage of life be the mighty ground for divine participation. That's incredible. How does Mary model that for you in the week ahead, in the weeks ahead? Maybe you relate to some of my opening illustrations. Sometimes at Christmas, we get distracted. How might God be inviting us for divine participation? Second question I want to ask you, what does God want to grow in you this season? I love the Mary story. I love Christ, the Advent. But I want to challenge you as listeners engaging in the story personally in your home, in your faith journey in the season. What does God want to grow in you? I pick up here in Luke 1, continuing verse 35. The angel answers, the spirit, Mary, she has the question. Spirit's going to give an answer. Spirit will come on you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. So holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And then she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. See, for Mary, there's this theme of surrender to trust. And I asked you here, just leading into this, like, what might God be growing in you? What might be God asking you to surrender in this season in order to trust? Maybe it's a worry that you're holding on to. Perhaps it's, a, it's an anguish that you've been carrying. Perhaps it's just fatigue or uncertainty from the season we've, carried, we've been carried through here. All of us, though, there is an opportunity of surrender and an opportunity of trust, not despite our questions, our humanity, but right in the midst of our honest humanity. It's learning to be honest with God about our current situations that do become the doorway for the miraculous. And we know for so many of us in this month ahead, it's, it's the temptation for distraction and busyness and noise. But right in the middle of that, how might God be wanting to come alive within you? What does a new experience with, with Jesus' birth mean for you? What is God birthing in you? What in your humanity might Jesus want to speak into and, and maybe in a posture of surrender and trust, you might name, maybe even right now in the midst of this, of this message, maybe you would name that thing that you've been holding on to that Jesus is asking you, hey, would you surrender that to me? Would you trust me in the moment? Because I want to bring something to bear in your life. Now, Mary is answered by the angel where the angel says that God will overpower you. And for some, as we studied this week, people thought, well, gosh, is that kind of a scary, like, Mary's humanity is certainly at play, and then God's overshadowing you, overpowering you. But actually, in the Hebrew, it's like where our English breaks down a bit, because in the Hebrew, this word overshadow you is, is this word of presence and a word of safety and a word that as she surrendered, that God will meet that surrender with the capacity to care for her. It's the same word used in Psalm 91, 1 through 4. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty of the shadow of God's presence. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be a shield and a rampart. Now, I'm not a big bird guy. I've spoken about that before, but I do love the idea of being wrapped by the wings of God that the presence of God would cover us so that as we surrender like a chick to a mother hen, that we would be covered by the loving presence of God. 
I, I would just say what I need in the season ahead is to be overshadowed, is to release some of that which I carried and be covered with the presence of God. How? As we are led to surrender and moved to trust. As we just are reminded through Mary's story that no word from God will ever fail. That's what the, the, the Mary story, that's in her honest Advent story. It's just this divine opportunity for us. That there's an opportunity for obedience when, when the world is kind of stacked against us. As things get harder, there's an opportunity for us to trust ourselves and worry more or lean into Christ and worry less. And so that's the final question I want to ask you. Do you believe in your life God not only loves you, he wants to grow great things within you. He wants to grow great things within you. Do you believe that? We're reading about Mary from 2,000 years ago. What does God want to grow in you? Listen to the end of the story in what's called Mary's song here in Luke 1, 46 through 51. Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of a servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. See, God has this pattern throughout the scriptures, and we certainly see it here in Mary's modeling of just her humanity and her vulnerabilities. God has this pattern of using people who are unlikely to be used in the eyes of the world. I relate with that a great deal. Recently, Heather and I were at a spiritual retreat and uh, the leader of the retreat was asking us, who in the scriptures do you relate to? And I said, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's David, but it's not David at the end of the story on the throne. It's at the beginning of the story where he's not even invited uh, when the priest comes to his father's house to look for the next king. David isn't even invited. He was the eighth son out in the fields. So I relate to this. God loves to write surprising narratives where those who are discredited or overwhelmed in the eyes of the world are invited to participate in God growing great things within them. You see it in Peter. You see it in Mary. You see it in Esther. You see it in Gideon. We, we could just go all day like this. God writes surprising stories. Where does God want to write a surprising story in your life? What does he want to grow within your faith journey here at the end of 2021, at the beginning of 2022? What does God want to bring back to life that you've written off as dead? Is it your, is it your hope? Is it your heart? Is it your hearing God? Is it a relationship? Like, I can't fill in every blank for you, but I want to encourage you as you listen to this message to call out to Christ in your heart and, and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to bring alive in me? What do you want to birth in me an unlikely character? Because I want to challenge you, church. Uh, for the holiest of you listening and those of you that are like, man, I'm barely even a Christian. I'm barely holding on. We are all unlikely characters like Mary in the story. But God writes new stories of his love through us. One scholar says about this passage, when God takes the initiative, it's always a matter of love. Love which will care for us and take us up into his saving purposes 
Mary is, is, is to that extent the supreme example of what always happens when God is at work by grace through human beings. God's power from the outside and the indwelling spirit within together result in things being done which would have been unthinkable any other way. Unthinkable. Impossible. Unlikely. We've made a home in those words. But this season, I want to challenge you. Those words that we're all too familiar with, what if God wants to flip the narrative on, on those words for you and your faith journey in this week ahead? What if instead of unthinkable, God wants to remind you of the power of your faith to renew your mind and open up new pathways of belief and possibility? What if instead of fearful, we heard that command to Mary, do not fear. What if instead of impossible, we thought again, like Romans tells us, that all things are possible for those who believe? What if unlikely, instead of unlikely, we saw ourselves like Mary as divinely chosen to do something great with God? Do you believe God not only loves you, he wants to grow great things within you? I love that. So much more I'd like to say, but I want to finish with a kind of a historical example. We were studying this week about how God would even choose to use Mary's gender as a young woman in first century Palestine, a woman without power, betrothed to a man likely living at home. God flipped the script, even on gender roles, that this woman would through the power of God, bring to bear the power of Christ. It's incredible. God loves to use women throughout the scriptures. Women have this incredible ministry to surprise because in a patriarchal society like we lived for thousands of years, that was un- those were unlikely characters. And historically, in the 15th century, there was a young woman by the name of Joan of Arc. Now, Joan of Arc, I, I, got, I don't know even how I got studying her this week, but she was so inspiring because she loved God. She served in the Catholic Church, because it's, you know, kind of pre-Reformation, that's fine. She's in France. She was this warrior because God had given her this mission. And so there was some commonality between the young Mary and the young Joan of Arc that was super encouraging for me as I studied. The Joan of Arc, she, she heard God's voice, and she believed that God was calling her to do great things for her country as the French were under siege from the English. And, and she spoke up to the king. They cut off her hair. They dressed her like a man to lead other people to battle. And she never stopped believing that God would do great things with her. She led this victory in this little town of Orleans, which I've actually been through. And she said this, she says, I fear nothing for God is with me. She would often give credit to God as her fame spread. She said this, she said, I am the drum on which God is beating out his message. Do you love that? Then she said, in God's name, let us go on bravely. She was like Braveheart before Mel Gibson. And she was real, this young woman, because God was encouraging her to do massive things. Later in her life, she was captured, just put on trial for her actions. And she was burned at the stake, which is horrible. And right in the midst of that, she says, I am not afraid because I was born to do this. Over and over and over again, even in her death, she asked for a cross while standing upon this you know, pile of sticks and she was bound and a nearby person you know, bound up a cross and she held it. Someone else held a cross so she could look and her final words were reported to be the name Jesus, Jesus, six times, Jesus, Jesus. Incredible significance, later made a saint in the Catholic church. Pretty amazing. I'm going to share one final quote, and I want to pray for us. She says this, I place trust in God, my creator, in all things. I love him with my whole heart, 
One life is all we have and we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. So church, what has God given you to do with your one brave life? What thing that you have counted as dead or insignificant does Jesus want to kind of shake awake this Advent season? And how might you have an honest Advent like Mary that you would believe that God wants to do a new thing in you? Let's take the journey of of engagement this month ahead. And maybe at the end, we're going to say this Advent was different. Christ is really speaking to us through the scriptures, through these messages, through this perspective of an honest advent so that we might become a church engaging Christ in new and powerful ways. Not despite the busyness or despite the humanity, but right in the middle of it. Would you pray with me now? God, thanks so much for just the the fresh look at the text. Thank you for this Honest Advent book by Scott Erickson. What a gift it's been as we've studied. And Lord, we just pray that you would engage us in, in new ways. And I pray that you'd minister to people that have been touched by this message today, God. That people that have found themselves in the middle of this message saying, I think he's talking to me. God, would you bring things to life in us as your community? Would you allow us in the midst of all that we're carrying as a faith community to experience a newness through the narrative of this Advent season, through Christ, through your birth? Would you birth new and renewed faith in us as your people? We love you, Jesus. We thank you in advance for all that you're doing in our lives. In your great name we pray. Amen. Let's close with song.